born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I thought for years I had to be good to go to heaven, that I had to keep the Ten Commandments, that I had to go to church. I had to. I didn't, but I thought that's what you had to do. I just like a lot of people. I guess I'm going to go to hell. Might as well have me a ball before I get out of here. I didn't know. I, I just recently heard that James was talking about one of the guys over there that he talked to. They said they'd never heard this before, never understood this before. And that young girl sitting over there, she, she said the same thing. I, I've gone to church all these years, but I never understood until last night. She saw it, and it was clear as a bell, and she trusted Christ as her Savior. So you see, you can go to church, and you can be religious, and still never see it. Because you're so dead set on what you think, and it doesn't matter what God's Word has to say. This is where they were. They had crucified Jesus Christ. And he tells them, don't you understand that the prophets told you this was going to happen, and now you did it. But... You can still change your mind. And on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 of them got saved. And here in chapter uh, 4, in verse, um, uh, verse 4, uh, 5,000 got saved. But I want you to go back there to verse 18. Joking verse 18. Where it makes a statement. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. See, in the Old Testament, he told them in advance. He said where Christ would be born in the city of Bethlehem. It says in Micah 5, 2, But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judea, yet out of thee shall he come forth to be ruler in Israel. And he was to be born of a virgin. And he has to come from the line of David and of the tribe of Judah. So all this was told. If I was to take and walk among you, and I was to show you a picture of my little granddaughter. I'm tempted to do that. <laughs> I've got pictures when she was just a little baby, just born. And then I've got pictures that she got a little bit older and learning how to walk. I've held her in my arms. And so I've got, a, I've got a lot of pictures if you want to see them. And she got to where she could walk, and then she can talk. And now we're trying to get her to shut up and sit down. <laughs> and now she's eight years old, pretty as can be, loves Papa. Now, if I showed you her picture so you could see her, and then next Sunday I was to bring her in here, you ought to recognize her. 
I done showed you her pictures that clearly shows this is my granddaughter. Duh. You say, well, I, I didn't recognize her. I didn't recognize her. You should have recognized her. I showed you her picture. You should, all you had to do is look at it. This is what Peter is saying in his message. All the prophets, they showed you his picture. They told you what he looks like. They told you where he'd be born. It, it, they told you all these things about him. They told you how he would live. They even told you how he would die, when he would die. That way with everything about him. Why couldn't you recognize him? Because people are hard-hearted. Now, I'd hate to say there's probably one or two of you in this room just as hard-hearted as they were. It won't matter what God says. I'm set in my ways. I know what I believe. And come hell or high water, I'll never change. Don't, nothing matters. Did you know you're going to spend eternity in hell if you don't trust Christ and Him alone as your only hope of going to heaven? How many times I've had people that I've said this to and they finally see it. I was talking to a man just the other day. And, and I use this pretty much the same opening like I tell you all, all the time. And it works. Sir, isn't it true that you've heard almost all your life that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for all the sins of the world? Well, yeah. If he paid for all of your sins and all of my sins, tell me, why should I go to hell and pay for sin? Even one sin, if he paid for all of my sins. Why should I pay for one sin if he paid for all of my sins? Because, see, people don't really believe he did. Well, he paid for some of them. Well, I need help. I'm just going to, he's just going to help me live good enough to you. You don't get it. He died for me so that I don't have to pay for one sin. I do not have to today, tomorrow, for eternity, never have to pay for one sin in hell. Why? He died for me so that I don't have to go to hell and pay for a sin. I believe he did it for me. And there's a lot of other people who say, well, I believe he did it for me too, and you're just saved by grace. But if you don't live right, then you don't believe it. You really believe that you're saved by what you do. Because if you don't do it, you won't make it. Hard-hearted. And you wonder, what would God have to do to break a person? And God has a ways and means committee. And sometimes he might just have to bring out a two before and knock you upside the head real good and hard. To get you to the place where you can see, you know, if I was to die right now, or 20 years from now... Do I really know I'm going to heaven? Am I going to heaven? See, I'm going to heaven. I know it now. I know it for the future. I couldn't go to hell if I tried. I haven't tried, but I can't go to hell. Why? He died for my sins. How many? All of them. If he just did it for some of them, he didn't help me out at all. All I would need is one sin to send me to hell. But he died for me. And so they did not believe it. So he tells them some things here. And I want you to see this. Look there in verse 19. Repent ye therefore. The word repent. Change your mind. Think differently. Reconsider. I've given you the evidence. I've given you the facts. Change your mind. The ones you crucified. The one you murdered. Who was innocent. The prince of life. 
And he says, and you're guilty. Whew, you're talking about somebody who preached a hard sermon. He did not read Dale Carnegie's book on how to win friends and influence people. He hits right between the eyes. He made them, they got mad. And get what he says. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, this thing about refreshing. Anybody got a computer, you'll know that they got a refresh button on it. It means to reset it. And sometimes I've had to reset it. Sometimes you can go in there to watch our streaming and it doesn't show up right. And so just hit the refresh. Sometimes it's a little circle that goes like this here and you hit that little circle button. It means to refresh it again. Or you can right click and it has on there refresh. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You gotta reset it. He said, listen, this is the way you are. You need to reset. You need to think about what I'm telling you. He says, now, and this refresh comes from two things. One, you'll find it in the book of uh, Titus in chapter 3, verse 5. And you find it mentioned here also. Same word. But it's talking about, one, when you as an individual, I trusted Christ as my Savior. I've been refreshed. I've got a new birth. Born again. Regeneration. It's like the word Genesis. A new birth. A new life. A new beginning. Refreshed. So every individual needs to accept Christ as their Savior. It gives you a new birth. I got my new birth 51 years ago. I'm just a couple years older than that, but I mean, I got my new birth then. So I am a child of God. God says, now there's one thing, you can do this as an individual, but as a nation, because the nation, the rulers, the leaders, had rejected Christ and had him killed. And so he says, as a nation, you need to change your mind and think differently. Reconsider what you did. He says, and if you will believe it, and as a nation, you will submit yourself and humble yourself to God. Then God is going to do something for you. You see, it's not just that there's going to be the time to restitution that's also mentioned just a little bit later, which is a reference toward the land but also toward the people. See, God's got to do two things. He's got to get the people right. Then he'll get the land right. But the first thing is for the people. Remember in the book of Matthew in chapter 23, when he says Jesus stood over the city of Jerusalem and he wept and he says, how often I would have gathered you together as a hen gathers her chicks under a wing. He said, and you would not. He says, and you shall not see me until you say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. See, there's a time coming in the future when Jesus Christ comes back. And the seven-year tribulation period is the worst period of time that the world has ever known, which lies right ahead of us. This is where we are right now. The next thing to happen is for the rapture. That's for those who have trusted Christ as Savior will be changed in a moment. The twinkling of an eye caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So we'll be up here, but the earth will have seven years of a so-called peace treaty that they're trying to get past now. Dealing with the nation of Israel and all of its enemies. They will not keep the peace treaty. Oh, Israel wants a peace treaty. Israel wants peace. They'll even give up land to get peace. But there will be no peace until the Prince of Peace comes back. So this is the worst period of time. And God's going to use the tribulation period of time as his wrath upon Israel. In order to break Israel, remember, they were hard-hearted. 
They have been scattered throughout the world, and they're even back in the land after 2,000 years, but they're back in unbelief. They're still hard-hearted. Individually, yes, there's individuals that will trust Christ as their Savior, and Jewish people. But as a nation, no. So God is going to bring the nations of the world upon His people, and God is going to use this, and if Israel doesn't get right, Israel will be annihilated. And the Bible says that if God does not intervene, there will be no flesh be left alive on the face of this earth. That's going to take place right here. You talk about a nuclear war, it's coming. I ain't got time to get into it now, but it's real, and it's going to take place. And the Bible says that Israel, at this point, will look to the Messiah. And the Bible says that when Christ comes back, and they see the scars in his hands and in his feet, and they say, where did you get those? And he says, I received them in the house of my friends. That's when he came the first time. 2,000 years later, Jesus Christ is coming back. And when he comes back, they will see it, and they will understand, they will believe it. And when they believe it, that is their refreshing it. And because they believe it, God will change this world. And this total earth that groaneth in travail, the creation, God is going to have a new earth, in a sense, for a 1,000 years right here. Be like the Garden of Eden. And you and I are going to be here. Did you know that that could be in about seven, eight years, we, all this could be real. And we could be here. But now notice what he says. And it's important to see this. You see there in the last part of verse 19 where he makes this statement. He says, and when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You see, it's because of the presence of the Lord that they are going to get right as a nation. And because of the presence of the Lord, then he is going to, what we call during this period of time right here, the restitution of all things. He's going to make everything right here. And he's going to rule. Christ will be here. He will be in great power. And he will be ruling upon the earth. Now look in verse 20. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which was before was preached unto you. He's going to send him. Christ is coming back. Now see, I'm not referring here to the rapture because these scriptures do not refer to the rapture. They don't know anything about the rapture. This is talking to the nation of Israel. And get what he says in verse 21. Whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things. So we know that Christ is going to be here in heaven until... We get ready to set this kingdom upon the earth. And that's when he comes back at the end of the tribulation period. So God says that the promises, the covenants, and all these things that he made with the nation of Israel are still good and valid. He is still going to give them their land, and he's still going to rule and reign. And King David will be here, and it says that people from the east and the west shall sit down. With Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wouldn't it be awesome? When you stop and think about it. And you said, so, but see, in just these few little verses, it goes from one end clean to the other. But look what else he says. He says, in the last part of verse 21, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So God, in the very beginning, told his prophets, they preached it, Does it sound like God is 
wiping all that off the books, or he's going to fulfill all these things. It's still coming. And there's a lot of people that are teaching a lot of things that are not true. It's junk. It's not Bible. I don't know all the things in this Bible, but I can guarantee you this. I've read a little bit of it. I know a little bit of here, and I know a little bit here, and I know a little bit there. And when somebody says, the Bible says, I say, wait, 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 wait. Chapter and verse. Where does it say that? I've been reading this thing for a while, and I don't find a lot of these things that people say. And he makes a statement, verse 22, as it relates back to Moses. And that's in chapter 18 of the book of Deuteronomy. But look what he said. Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things, where whatsoever ye have, uh, he, he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that followed after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. What's going on right now, he says, they told you this. You read the scriptures every day. You go to your synagogues and you read the scriptures. And you can't see that the one you've been reading about is Christ, the Messiah. He's here. It fulfilled the scriptures. And yet, there's a lot of people that are playing blind. The Bible says they're like a veil over their eyes and they cannot see. You cannot make a blind person see. If you're here this morning and you say, I don't want to see, you won't see. But you can't see what a lot of people do see. And wouldn't it be a shame for you to be so sincere, so religious, meaning well. They were religious people, but they rejected Christ. Listen, if you try to save yourself by your works, understand this. You are rejecting Christ. No difference. You're rejecting salvation by grace. It means to you, Christ died in vain. If you're trying to earn your way to heaven in any way, look at me. I'm a dirty, lousy, stinking, rotten sinner. I ought to go to hell, and I'm going to heaven. You say, that have to take the grace of God. It sure does. I do not deserve it. I haven't done anything to deserve it. I don't do anything to keep deserving it. I'm going to heaven because of what Christ did for me. He loved me. And he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die on that cross to pay for my sins and said, if I would believe he did it for me, he would give me everlasting life. You know what's a good verse? Let me show you this verse. Look down there in verse 25. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with your fathers. Saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. God told Abraham that in the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis. That through thy seed, this one, Christ, all the world would be blessed, mean to be saved. Because God made a promise to Abraham when it says in the book of Galatians in chapter 3 and verse 6, Abraham believed God and counted unto him for righteousness. And in verse 8 it says, And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. You see, to be blessed by God is to have eternal life, to be saved, to be a child of God, by faith and faith alone. Because it says, 
a man would be justified by faith. He'll justify the heathen by faith, not by your works. And yet, if you try to earn your way to heaven, you're trusting in your salvation. You say, how do I know if I'm trying to earn my way to heaven? Well, simple. Can you lose it? If you can lose it, you're earning it. If you're trying to earn it because you can lose it, if you do something wrong, you're not trusting Christ as your Savior. Now, you mean well. You may be sincere. But you're not trusting Christ because Christ has nothing to do with you going to heaven. You have to deserve it because if you don't do good, you're not going to make it. It means you can still go to hell in the future. I can't go to hell in the future. I can't go today. I can't go tomorrow. I can never go to hell. Why? Because Christ died for me. He paid for my sins. So I don't have to pay for them. Do I deserve to pay for them? Yes. I've had people say, you can't tell me. You mean you can go out here and do all these bad things and still go to heaven when you die? Yes, a thousand times yes. Now most preachers will tell you, oh no, 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 no. This preacher will tell you, yes, I can trust Christ as my Savior and live like the devil and go to heaven when I die. Want me to say it? I said it. Stop and think. Right now, don't you live like you please? You still do what you want to do. You live however you want to. You think what you want to think. I'd rather go to heaven than think it. But I'm not going to heaven because I've done anything worthy. But then if I do believe this, why don't I go out here and do those things? To this day, so I've, I've never sworn a cuss word. So that ought to be a brownie point. And I've never, um, I've never smoked a cigarette. That ought to be a brownie point. I've never tasted a drink a strong drink. Oh, that ought to be worth something. Well, I go to church. I give to missions. I pray. I witness. I read the Bible. I do all these things. So if anybody makes it to heaven, surely I will. Look how good I've been. And I'm the guy that's up here telling you that doesn't mean nothing. I'm not going to heaven because of that. I'm going to heaven because 51 years ago, just me and my father-in-law, he told me how much God loved me, that he sent his son Jesus Christ to down the cross to pay for my sins, and that if I would trust him, believe that he did it for me, he would save me from hell and give me eternal life. I would be his child, and I get to go to heaven whenever I die. And when I understood God loved me that much, and that he gave me eternal life. That he'd never cast me out and never lose me. Regardless of how bad I would be. I fell in love with the Lord. And because I love him, I don't want to hurt him. I want to do what he wants me to do with my life. I don't do it to get to heaven. I'm going to heaven whether I do right or not. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to read my Bible. I'm going to heaven anyway. But love kind of does something to a person. You see, when you really understand love, love responds to love. I want my wife to love me, not because she has to, but because she wants to. I love her because I want to. I know God loves me, and I love him. Let me show you something. You've never seen it before. You need to see this. And this is the first time I'm ever going to do this. All right, so I just lied. All right, look up here. Watch this. This hand represents you and me. And the wallet represents sin. You see, we all have sin on us. 
We've all done things wrong. And to pay for the wrong, the sin, is eternal separation from God in hell. But God, see, He loves us. He wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, you've got to be perfect, but nobody is. Remember, you've got to be perfect to go to heaven. Not close. Perfect. No sin in heaven. And that's why no man can save himself. Because we're sinners. We do things wrong. You can't save yourself. You don't even help save yourself. So God says, I did something for you. This hand represents Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. Now he hates our sin because our sin separates us from the Lord. So Jesus Christ who had no sin didn't have to die. But because he loved us and our sin separates us, he took the sin and paid for all that I should have paid. You see, this sin here, this isn't just up until the time that I'm alive now. Because when Christ died for me, he, see, he died 2,000 years ago. He means he paid for my sins before I was born. It means he's already paid for the ones that I haven't done yet. You see, all those bad things that I have done and I am doing and will do, all of them, you put them all together. And he died for all of them, not some of them. And he took my sins and he paid for them on the cross. He came back from the dead, says, it is finished. If it's finished, there's nothing else that I have to do. He says, will you believe that I did that for you? Now, you may believe he did it for the world, but that won't get you to heaven. You must believe he did that for you. Isn't that simple? Even a child can understand that. If you'll believe it, God said, I'll put this payment to your account. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe should not perish. Means won't go to hell, but have everlasting life. What kind of life? Everlasting life. That's why God gave his son. And for a person to say, well, oh, I believe all of that, but then you don't believe it. You don't believe it. You're saying the right words. But in your heart, you don't believe it because, you see, he said, he said, I'll never cast you out. I will never leave you. No man can ever pluck you out of my hand. If you believe that somebody can or if you can take yourself out of it, then you don't believe what God said. I'm saved for all eternity because of the payment Christ made on the cross for me. But he did it for you also. Let's pray, shall we? If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you maybe have heard about it. But just like I referred to three people that are here, they just trust the Lord in the last couple of days. But maybe you're like that. You say, I just never understood before. But why not right now in the quietness of this moment just talk to the Lord. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Christ died, paid for my sins, and I will trust him as my only hope of going to heaven. Friend, would you do that? So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I don't want to embarrass anyone, but I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand just lets me know that what I said made sense to you and that I'd like to have prayer for you. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, anyone else say, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. And preach, I'd like you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Yes, God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? Just slip it up real quick. Sometimes I see everybody. Sometimes I don't. But if you trust Christ right now as your Savior, God saves you right now and gives you eternal life. And if it's eternal life, it lasts forever. And if it lasts forever and all your sins are paid, where would you go when you die? You get to go to heaven. That's such a wonderful thing to know. 
God loves you so much. Anyone else before we close? Our Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to proclaim your word. And we pray, Lord, that you'd help each person to see and understand. We thank you, Lord, for those that indicated by an uplifted hand that it made sense to them, that they believe it. And by believing, you guarantee them eternal life, that you'll never cast them out, never lose them. They become your child. And thank you for giving us a good day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.